You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Kevin Cook, and Jeremy Paxton. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 79 of the Weekly Group Podcast. My name is Austin Staten, and I'm joined this week by Kevin Cook. Uh, Jeremy Paxson and uh, Hunter Atkins are actually out this week. I guess they've got more important things to do, or actually Jeremy's girlfriend is uh, sick. So, Kara, we hope that you are uh, feeling better. But, uh, Kevin, a lot of excitement right now in the city of Houston. Uh, we've got the Super Bowl coming uh, in just a week. Uh, it should be a great matchup between the Falcons and the Patriots. Uh, you've got so many members of the media, celebrities, all descending on the city this week. Uh, but before we dive into that, that preview, uh, you were actually part of the, uh, I believe it was the uh, Houston Sports Podcast this week, Houston Sports Talk. Yeah, you, you almost got it there. Robert Land, who's a great guy. He's been working in the field for a long time, doing all kinds of coverage. Astros talking to athletes. Houston Sports Talk's the name of the podcast. I was on the most recent one talking Texans and Rockets. And then when they went to Australian Open Talk, um, I didn't have uh, a single word to say about that because I don't follow it at all. But it, it was still a great episode, and I certainly encourage you to listen to that. And we love the work that Robert Land does, and I appreciate him for having me on. Yeah, it was kind of interesting with the uh, Australian Open this week. Uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know, it felt to me like it was a 2007 throwback. I mean, you had the Williams sisters facing off in the finals. Obviously, Serena getting the win. Uh, then you had Federer, uh, who was just, you know, arguably one of the best tennis players of all time going up against Rafa. And uh, Federer obviously coming away with the victory. But it's a little bit of tennis. And I, I honestly didn't watch any of it. But at least following some on Twitter was fascinating. But I, when they were talking about it, it took me a moment of listening to them to figure out that it was definitively tennis not like i thought golf maybe right yeah so i mean it really could have been anything <laughs> i had no clue not interested but hey those guys do great work so check that out yeah check that out uh you can find them on uh, itunes as well as uh, soundcloud as well but uh, obviously the big game that's that's what we care about this week and uh, patriots coming to town is uh, it i think i think we do care you about talked this about week. the city being excited is it excited i think all the people coming in are excited it's a circus you know you have uh radio row and you've got all these things going on the people in the city of houston it's a nightmare driving around downtown it's always already a, a pain it's always a nightmare yeah, but I, I i can tell you that this past weekend i was actually at eighth wonder brewery also uh ninfa's and el tiempo over on navigation downtown and uh, we are uh, open to sponsorship from any of those yeah definitely <laughs> but there, there was a lot of excitement i think uh in downtown i mean you saw the hotels like the marriott the hilton they all had spotlights they were all decorated with super bowl 51 uh, gear you saw you know places setting up for parties and i just got the feeling like walking downtown in main street that uh, this town is just going to be electric this week and i think uh, it, it's a great time for the city to show itself off because yep. I, I think the city has definitely evolved a lot since we had the last super bowl here uh, more than a decade ago and obviously that was a, a great game with the patriots knocking off the panthers but uh, tom brady back here for his seventh super bowl uh, and actually uh, in just a few moments we're gonna have an interview with uh, taylor bashotti from the nfl network she uh, she, she does a good job previewing uh, the game she actually is a atlanta native so she kind of has a little i guess bias toward the falcons but it should be an amazing game. And we've got two of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL. The Falcons, obviously, with uh, MVP candidate uh, Matt Ryan at quarterback. He's having a hell of a season. And then uh, Tom Brady just does Tom Brady things. And he's having a phenomenal season as well. But uh, when you're looking at the game, Kevin, uh, you know we're going to get into you know the prop bets and all that stuff here in just a few moments. But uh, the line for the game uh, is kind of interesting to me. Uh, Patriots are three-point favorites. But the over-under is at 58 and a half. That's an NFL record for a Super Bowl. That is insane. Do you do you, do you expect this game to be close? Because we've seen a lot of 
blowouts this postseason, mm-hmm. and I don't want that to happen at the Super Bowl. I want it to be a good game. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, again, we watched my first down of Falcons football last week. Right. You know I haven't followed them very closely there. But holy cow, was I absolutely impressed with what Matt Ryan was able to do and do consistently and make uh, spectacular play after spectacular play at that quarterback position. So, I, I mean – Given what I know about Tom Brady from a long history of just hearing his name, seeing his highlights, you know, following his career, and then what Matt Ryan's been able to do this season, yeah, I'd have to think that the odds makers are right. This is going to be a pretty high-scoring affair, I would imagine. Yeah, it should be. And uh, the Atlanta offense t- has just been remarkable this yeah. season. I mean, they lead the league in scoring, uh, historically one of the best offenses in NFL history. And they do it because they have two great running backs, Devonta Foreman and Tevin Coleman, uh, who I don't know if they struggled a little bit, during the postseason, uh, but you know you have you have Freeman, uh, you know, averaging three point one yards per attempt, and you have Tevin Coleman averaging just under four. It's three but, yards in a cloud of dust, right? But the passing game has just been remarkable. I mean, Matt Ryan in the postseason this year, he's fifty three of seventy five for seven hundred and thirty yards and seven touchdowns. He's got so many weapons. You've got Julio Jones, a great wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, Foreman does a great job as a as a pass catching uh, running back in the backfield, and then also you've got Mohamed Sanu and you know Taylor Gabriel who have just done uh, phenomenal things, all averaging uh, well over ten yards per catch. And I don't know how you slow this team down, but. On the flip side, you look at the Patriots, and it doesn't matter who you put in at wide receiver. Tom Brady's going to find you, and mm-hmm. he's going to make you a better player. I mean, look at Hogan this past week. Uh, nobody knew, essentially, who that guy was. He I was, still don't. Yeah, he was a former, I believe, Syracuse lacrosse player. Wow. Uh, you might have seen him on Hard Knocks a few years ago when they profiled the Miami Dolphins. He was Real actually cut. <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, he, I can't remember who gave him the nickname, but it was 7-Eleven because he's open all the time. Ah. Uh, but that's a remarkable thing to me about... Uh, you know, the Patriots. I mean, Chris Hogan's a guy that came out of nowhere. Uh, Julian Edelman is a guy that came out of nowhere, former quarterback. Sure. Tom Brady seems to turn these guys into elite wide receivers. Uh, and and, to and me, what, what that goes to show, he's not turning them into elite wide receivers. They are the wide receivers they are. He is that much of an elite quarterback. Oh, yeah. He elevates the game of everyone around him. And I got to be honest, I'm tired of it. I am ready. I for want him to, to retire. I, I, I just want him to retire. Why or, would he? Or actually, here's what I really want. Mm-hmm. Texans need a quarterback. I would like him to embark on a new challenge if you right. will i mean yeah. if he wins the super bowl it'll be his working for the league minimum yeah. for the texans because yeah. that's our that's our cap yeah. space situation yeah i mean he's won if, if if patriots do win the super bowl it'll be super bowl number five for him yeah. that's insane do something a little bit different tom yeah you come, coward come take to on Houston. a real challenge take on a challenge we've got the defense in place you've got you know deandre hopkins you've got will fuller you've got some explosive athletes on the offensive side to see the quarterback he's so unimpeachable too he, he's charming he doesn't say the wrong thing you know he, he's he's uh, principled seeming and just so poised and he was funny in ted too like yeah he made yeah. fun of himself i just i and for some reason i hate him i think it's the new england thing it's the success thing whatever it is i am so ready for him to fail and i do think that matt ryan is so special and the offensive weapons around him are so special i anticipate the falcons do some real real damage and i have uh, you know it's a close line like you mentioned there i, I would not be surprised at all the okay falcons pull this so out. let's make predictions over under 58 and a half over over all right and it's uh, the highest in history i say uh if i had to put money on it and i don't because i have a gambling problem uh <laughs> you know i would put it on the over all right so who wins that game i hope the falcons do you think they do you think they pull it off listen i haven't broke down you know the all 22s i'm not intimately familiar here i'm kind of going with my gut i've watched a lot of high school sports in the last week for my actual job here but uh but just i mean kind of watching the falcons last week here in your uh, in your place uh i was so 
overwhelmed and impressed by what they were able to do, that I feel like they could do that against anyone. And now the Patriots have a chance to prove them wrong, but... Uh, you know, I just, you know, sometimes you get a feeling, a uh, destiny, something. I mean, they are really special and exciting. I'm, I'm rooting for them in a sense. I, I think I'm rooting for the Falcons, too. I, I do agree with you. I think the game is going to be very high scoring. Mm. I think 58 and a half is, you know, could be done by the first half. <laughs> but I, 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 <laughs> I will I will bet against yeah, that. If you that, that that's not going to happen. But I really like the explosiveness of the Atlanta offense. Um, I, I think that one thing that is being underlooked a little bit is their defense. They've really they struggled a little bit. Uh, in the first half of the year, they were putting up, I believe they gave up well over 400 points in the regular season. If you look at the other playoff teams, they were giving up just a hair over 300 points. So when you, but when you look at that back half of the schedule, the back half of the season, when the, the Falcons started going on that roll, their defense started to tighten up. I believe they've outscored their opponents in the playoffs, something like 40 to 19. And a large part of that is because of Vic Beasley. So I think the Falcons do win the game. I, I would pick them straight up on the money line. And uh, I just want to see a good game. That's the ultimate thing. And, who, would, who wouldn't like to see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick lose? Oh, absolutely. I think everybody would that isn't directly affiliated with or in love with that team. Uh, but, I mean, just what the, you, you talk about what they're able to do. I know through 15 games of the regular season, I don't know what the final was, they were like more than 10 points above the league average in scoring. That is crazy. I mean, they are not just better. They are in an entirely different league offensively. So I don't know that the Patriots are defensively uh, capable enough to slow them down. I don't know if anybody but, but has they do have, been a football defense ever that's going to be able to slow them down. They do have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Right. So I think, I think that is an X factor. And also when you look at high-powered offenses in the past, I mean, look at uh, Peyton Manning a few years ago with when they played the Seahawks in the, uh, in the Super Bowl. They were blown out. Yeah. And that was a high-powered team that was shut down. So uh, as one thing that Taylor Bashadi will allude to here in just a few moments when we have her on, uh, she says defense win championships, and I, I, I think that's the case. But I think a she lot come of up the, with that. She she, she did not. <laughs> but I, you know, I I, th- I think there's a lot of truth to that. Might and, catch on. Yeah. And I think that the Falcons have a good enough defense to stop New England. But one of my favorite segments that we did last year on uh, the podcast leading up to the Super Bowl. Or prop bets. Yeah, because you're a degenerate gambler. I don't know about that. All the time. I I don't know know about about it. I'm telling you (laughs) straight up right now, 100%. You are a degenerate. You got a problem. You know, I'm just waiting for you to admit it because I can't help you unless you're willing to help yourself. I only do this during football season. Right. It's fun. fun. See, that's like I only drink after sundown. I only, you know, do math like when I want to have fun. Like you got the excuses. No, no. I've never done any of that. (laughs) (laughs) So I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, But Super Bowl prop bets, uh, odds to win the MVP. Who 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 do you think is the odds-on favorite? Matt Ryan. Actually, no. It's no. Tom Brady. It's one to one. You're Tom kidding Brady. me. Matt Ryan is nine to five. Are you? That's crazy. I, I mean, oh, that's so crazy to me. I, the name recognition goes a long way, I guess. But yeah. in terms of the seasons they put together, individ- I mean, I just don't even think it compares. I think Matt Ryan should be out way out in front of Brady. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Julio Jones, fourteen to one. I think that's. Probably good value there. Uh, I think that the Patriots are probably going to try to lock him down. Be, is there any way it's not going to be a quarterback? It's possible. Is and, it? And here's actually, here's actually, it's thirty to one for any defensive player. So I don't know if that happens, but I, I, I would give it to Matt Ryan. Can but, I short that? Is there any way to short a bet? It's never going to be a defensive player. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> not if JJ Watt's not playing. Uh, yeah, they've also got prop bets on a Lady Gaga. What song she's going to perform? Are you a fan of Lady Gaga? I am vaguely aware that she exists. I remember something about maybe a meat dress at some point. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think she's kind of like a little bit less crazy now. She's kind of pivoted a little bit toward country music. No, has she? I think so. But the the name Lady Gaga. I guess you have like what like Lady Antebellum. Is she? Yeah. 
I, I hear she plays a mean piano too. I'm not. I'm not remotely a fan. I only know of her existence. I would not recognize her. If she walked in the room unless you were wearing a meat dress. <laughs> All right. So Luke Bryan is singing the national anthem in this. Prop, Never heard of him. Yeah, he's a country singer. Okay. I think he's actually performing at the uh, the rodeo this year. That's so. See, I don't like that because we are Houston, Texas. I honestly you want George Strait. No, well, Beyonce. I like George Strait, and George Strait has a relationship with my aunt. You know, they're very close. Uh, we've talked about that before on the show. But no, no, this is Houston. It's not country music town. There are country music people here. Houston is a, the city of syrup. Right? I've heard that many times. You want Bun B to do the national anthem. I would be very interested to hear Bun B's rendition of the national anthem. It could be interesting. It could, I think it absolutely would be. There's no way it wouldn't be interesting. I, I, I am 100% for that. Can Let's, you rap the national anthem? Is that disrespectful? No, it's creative. It's art. I would love to see right, it. I don't here, here's know this. It. Here's this. When the Rockets make the uh, NBA Finals this year, Bun B sings the national anthem. I hope so. I mean, this is an open invitation to Bumby. Please give us a call. Uh, tweet at us, whatever. We're going to hook you up, man. We're going to advocate for you so you, we can get you out there rapping the national anthem. So Luke Bryan is doing the uh, national anthem for the Super Bowl. This prop bet to me just makes me laugh. Odds that Luke Bryan uses a cheat sheet during the national anthem. A cheat sheet. Come on. Seriously? Uh, well, I got to tell you, my, my aunt, um, we've talked about her before, Leanne Womack, uh, used to be a fairly well-reputed country singer. I think she you know, kind of does her thing now, and she won some CMT awards, things like that. But she very famously forgot the words entirely at a baseball game. I can't remember what team it was. Uh, she was invited to perform it, and it's one of the, you know, she looks back on it. It's like one of those horrible moments from right. childhood where you were so embarrassed. It's a lot of pressure. It's pressure, and also the words are absolutely terrible. Have you heard the third verse that we don't sing? Yeah. Yeah, about like uh, killing sla- killing uh, black men who joined the uh, the British Army in order to not be slaves and doing it like with a vindictive spirit. It's a really racist, terrible song. I hate, hate. There's been a lot of movements in the past to change the national anthem. Inertia but- is a bitch. <laughs> but 19 to 1 that he uses a cheat sheet. That seems like maybe good value. I don't know. Is it? I don't even. When you talk about good value, you get this weird, addictive look in your eye. It's like a <laughs> gleam, and you're just in another zone entirely. I don't know if it's good value. What's amazing about Luke Bryan, never heard of the guy, but when I Googled his picture, it's like a stock image. It's exactly what I expected to see from the guy that'd be singing the national anthem in a country style. Get a rapper in there, people. We live in Houston. Bun B. Got to do it. There's but- other guys, too. Dope Easy. That was the guy that Shay Solano pointed out last week on the show. Uh, you know, a Houston rapper, born and bred. You got I would Paul Wall. I mean,. Yeah, so I like Paul. So many people that you can bring in, but uh, obviously the game's going to be on Fox. So Joe Buck, who we mentioned on the podcast a few the weeks ago, the most gorgeous man in the world. Tell me, tell me another man who's better looking than Joe Buck. Well, you said earlier this year that was JJ Watt. So. No, JJ Watt's got that raw sexuality that that uh, is a little bit a little bit different. Okay, but I mean, just in terms of uh, just beauty, I mean, just kind of look at him. You can't look so, right so at. So, are you going to provide your top ten ranking on WeeklyBrewcast.com this week? I certainly should. That would be that would be an interesting read. My my top ten hottest guys in sports. You should. All right. Okay, guys, look for that. That's coming out on the Facebook. Go follow us on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> at Weekly Brew. How do you do Facebook.com slash Weekly Brewcast? Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. So Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, obviously, with the uh, three Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, well, he is, um, he is suffering. Oh, yeah. But from CTE or something. Here's, here's one of the, uh, the prop bets. Troy Aikman references to one of his Super Bowls over under set at one and a half. Oh, my God. Over, over, over. I think so. Oh, my God. It set it at, uh, what, three? Probably uh, two and a half at least. So we're telling you to take the over there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That is, that's a lock. Can we get the lock? <laughs> lock it in, man. That's our lock of the week. Stone cold lock. Do yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. All right. Here's another Lady Gaga one. Real sound effect. That she makes an anti-Trump political statement during her performance, visually or vocally. It's 10 to 13. 10 to, 10 to 13. Uh, what, what is that? Uh, 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 bad at math. I, I don't. I, she should. I hope she uses I that opportunity, too. 
There, were, there was actually rumor that the NFL told her that she could not. Oh, then you know comment. she's going to. Oh, absolutely. All right. Here. She doesn't need that. She didn't need to be at the Super Bowl. She's, I mean, again, a ubiquitous name you hear all the time. I had never heard her music, and I'm very well aware of her as a cultural figure. She doesn't need the NFL. I hope she does whatever she wants to, and I hope she does slam Trump because it would irk him so much. America's pastime. It's not <laughs> baseball. It's football, and it's the Super Bowl, and to get slammed in front of everyone watching would be uh, just so delightful to me. I, I know you don't watch Fox News, but there was a Fox News clip this week from uh, Fox Thank you. and Thank Friends. Thank you for pointing that out, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> do not watch Fox News. But there there was a Fox News show uh, called Fox and Friends that oh, was on, God, and uh, they actually, uh, I, I guess there was the comment that they made, they were like, Donald Trump, if you're watching us right now, flash a light in the White House, and they have like a live shot at the White House, and there's like a lamp that gets flashed. And that's a, that's a legit <laughs> thing that happened? It, it, it was like a camera trick, was it but it was gig? just, oh, yeah, it was yeah, but, but it was just still, it was, it was still comical. But It is comical, but, but you know what? It's not that funny. And they're terrible, so I can't get. I thought it, I thought it was humorous, All but right. uh, another prop bet: odds that Fox replay official Mike Piera is wrong on the first coach's challenge. Uh, he's the one that's always wrong, right? No, he's the one that's always right. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's was... seven to three odds. Well, uh, you know, if he's the guy that's always right, again, I was thinking of uh, who was I thinking of? We talked about him before as well. Who's the prior... Mike Carey? Was that his name? Yes, yeah, I think I think that was it. He was just like consistently like nine times out of ten. Because last year, wrong. last year we thought that was a slam dunk, and yeah. sure enough, for the first challenge, I know he was wrong, and we all of us that were watching rejoiced. that game, we rejoiced, giving high fives. It like, was yes. like our team scored a touchdown. Honestly, it was so validating because we were so sure he'd be wrong, and he was. No, Mike Perry. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. I'm reading some very basic stuff here. I haven't done research into the guy for this prop bet, but uh, you know what? I like the way he looks. He wears a tie pretty well, and that hair's got that sort of uh, Wall Street in the 80s kind of look. I can't go against him. I think he's going to get it right. So what about this one? Odds the word Deflategate is not mentioned by Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. It's been so freaking long, but it's still Tom Brady. I mean, he was suspended this year I for know. four games. I know. And if he wins, there's that awkward moment yep. where there's going to be a handshake between him and Goodell. Yeah. I don't know. I... I kind of want that to happen just to see and what's this what's the i mean how awkward do you think it really is between those two guys because as much as goodell wanted to punish uh, and enforce things against brady and kind of got his way with a four-game suspension or whatever you know like that's his moneymaker goodell is a richer more powerful man because brady plays in his league and is the player that he is so how how much animosity can there really be from goodell to his uh to his golden act i mean goodell makes what 43 million a year Oh, that's insane. So if he's a little bit nervous about shaking a hand, I'll take that job. <laughs> I'll do it for, I don't know, $20 million. It's a discount. <laughs> um, but, you know, interesting note, uh, Patriots have as many Super Bowl appearances, nine, as the Falcons have playoff wins. So I think that's going to be uh, an interesting stat line to watch. Uh, but if you are here in Houston this week, uh, the Falcons will be practicing actually not far from the studios here. They're going to be at Rice University. Uh, Patriots. Good for Rice University. Yeah. We've had Coach Bailiff on before. they got a real nice new facility out there. It's good that they're getting some love. Yeah, and also the Patriots are going to be at your alma mater. They're going to be uh, at U of H doing the practice. So uh, it should be interesting to see. But uh, really quickly before we move on to some other Super Bowl uh coverage, I guess, uh, the Senior Bowl for college football that was taking place this past week. Uh, Wes Welker, who you might remember, yeah. uh, Texas Tech grad, uh, phenomenal wide receiver, spent some time... Who I might remember. Yeah. Of course I remember Wes yeah. Welker. Yeah. Spent some time with the Patriots, uh, phenomenal wide receiver, but he was he, spotted... known as a Patriot, of course. Yeah, he was spotted with the Texans coaching staff. I know. Do you think that he... he potentially takes that opening as the uh, wide receiver coach well you know he talked to cbs sports this was not too long ago and he, he kind of classified his chances he was pretty open he said i think it's a small percentage that i come back uh, i don't think it's very good you talk about his his injury history six concussions in his career if which not is, more 
Well, well, yeah, if not more, at but least the, six. But then there's three within a nine week span and two within a three week span. Yeah, that I was mean, insane. He should not have been in those games. Of course, and his not. career was never the same after that. I know, and I don't think it can be. First of all, I don't think that like we've all seen the Rocky movies, right? We know what happens when you continue to put your right, right. <laughs> you know, you can't talk. That was, like that was a really good impression. I think Hunter would be impressed by your accent there. Don't blow smoke up my ass. It was adequate <laughs> and that was it. And we are, we love Hunter's impressions uh, or the, or the people he brings with him, I should say, but no, um, I, I don't, I'm not interested in Wes Welker and what he has to offer anymore. I also, as a human being with empathy and compassion, don't want to see him get hurt so badly that he is, um, you know, like a Muhammad Ali, right? Like kind of figure where it's like, R.I.P. Wow. R.I.P. Yeah. And I, I, Ali is one of my favorite sports figures of all time, but I mean, it was so sad to watch him fade away at the Absolutely. end. Absolutely. Uh, but, one of the big things with the Super Bowl is always... Oh, but, but I was going to say about Wes Walker. He, he had a quote that I thought was interesting. He said, I don't have any regrets about anything, which I thought was pretty cocky. And then he said, at least not yet. And I, I highlight that part. That's kind of sad. It, well, it shows that he's kind of thinking about it, too. And he's at that point in his career where he's like, you know, I was playing. I was laying it all on the line, competing. That's what I was taught to do from a very early age, competing at this game of football. And then that at least not yet, he kind of sees what's coming i think he looks at guys like troy aikman or guys like um well i'm not going to mention a guy in town that would that we wouldn't be able to get but yeah you know what i'm talking about guys that clearly suffered the ill effects and he may be facing that himself and it may be too late to do anything and he's still considering coming back to play football that is i don't want to put him in that well, position coaching he, well, he's considering coaching that would, would, would that be interesting uh I, what what little i know about west walker personally is that he's kind of um prickly and difficult to get along with i think so i'm not i'm not sure what kind of coach he would make but he seems bright for sure he loves football yeah and i don't, I don't think he can stay away from the game of football and if it's in a coaching capacity i think he would be good for the texans to you know good fit to work with those young receivers especially a slot receiver i yeah. mean you look at braxton miller who i think has a lot of potential but is still transitioning from quarterback to wide receiver and i think he could help out a lot there but uh, it was interesting this past week i actually went to a hall of fame hard knocks dinner with John McClain uh, and uh, one of the guys that I spoke we with, get it yeah, w- one of the guys that I spoke with was uh, Elvin Bethea who yeah. a former Oilers player Hall of Famer and he was telling stories that uh, you know during preseason camp back in the day they had like six preseason games and they were only paid like $50 a day jeez <laughs> that's insane and he told me straight up that if he could do it again he would yeah like that's to me kind of cool you know I think players in his generation played for the love of the game Whereas now, I think some of those people that should probably retire are playing a little bit longer so they can get that extra $10, $15 million contract when they're risking their health a little bit more. So it it was interesting to see, you know, Elvin suggest that money didn't matter. I just had fun. And I don't know that that's the case now with the NFL. Uh, But one of my favorite things... The NFL is also so much more competitive. I mean, I think think you have to practice harder. You have to grind harder when you're not at the facility. Well, it's also nutrition. It's it's your weight program. That's what also makes Tom Brady so successful. It all encompasses how intense he is. Think about, I mean, literally 25 years ago, guys were smoking cigarettes on the sidelines, you know, like it's yeah, Joe Namath. Yeah, sure. And, and I loved him for it, too. But, but the point is, like, we have we, it's so much more intense than it used to be because it just continues to develop and it also continues to become more violent as men become bigger, as the training programs become better. It is uh, it is headed for a collision course. I mean, it, it is there's something bad waiting at the end of this football experiment, I think. Yeah, and you actually wrote a story this past week for the uh, Houston Chronicle uh, that was profiling rugby. And it was actually suggesting that 
rugby tackling, which I believe the uh, Seattle Seahawks yep. had used in the past, uh, was actually diminishing concussions a little bit. And, and can you kind of highlight some of that for me? Yeah, I sure can. I thought it was really interesting for sure. The, the, the emphasis of the story was uh, there was a team that's out in Cypher that's not supported by the district. It's a club team. It's very successful and so forth. But what the coach, Kenneth Hepburn, who was a professional rugby player, told me that was most interesting was that um, rugby tackling is a great cross trainer for football or whatever. He pointed me to the Seattle Seahawks and, the, and their assistant head coach, former assistant head coach who left to become a minister, uh, actually this, this uh, past year, Rocky Sito, I think he's just saying his name. He basically fell in love with the idea of uh, the hawk tackle, a rugby tackle, and, and it, uh, he introduced it. They have videos about it. You can go watch. They promoted it. They taught it. And since they have adopted it, um, they have the third lowest. I mean, obviously, their defense has been very successful. They're fundamentally sound. They are a dominant, staunch defense. But they have the third lowest rate of concussions. That's in the significant. Yeah, it, it is. And it, I mean, over a four-year span, it, we'll see more evidence continue there. But I don't know why more people aren't looking into that. Yeah. Very, very fascinating, and we'll see if that trend continues because I think the NFL is trying to make that move uh, to reduce head injuries and concussions and to, um, you know, heads-up tackling. We've seen that program. It's the equipment. The equipment, and Coach Hepburn said this. I'll give him credit for it. weaponized. Well, it gives you a false sense of security as well. I think both are very important points. You're right. Your head's a weapon. Also, because you have that high-tech, huge helmet, you feel like you're invincible, and you're not because it's going to— you know, prevent something from like crashing through your head, maybe, but it's still jiggling your brain around. It's still hurting you. Yeah, we've discussed this a lot on the show in the past. Uh, concussions, head Not injuries. Enough, yeah, no, I, I agree. But uh, switching gears here, the Super Bowl. One of my favorite parts about the Super Bowl is obviously the commercials, right? Uh, Doritos. Did you hear about oh the story this week where Doritos <laughs> apparently unveiled a, a new chip which had a uh, a built-in breathalyzer yeah and so if it changes colors you're drunk and they suggest that you sh- i guess it's a partnership with Uber. It's, it's the bag right yeah it's the bag yeah the you, bag. you blow into the bag which is just totally weird yeah and if it turns red then it suggests that you order an uber right who was the who was the police department that retweeted lawrence it? kansas yeah that's right so i ordinarily don't see eye to eye with a lot of police departments on a lot of the things that they say and believe and so forth and i and i respect the job they do and so forth but also philosophically we just we're not in the same place, but I thought that was pretty funny where they said, hey, if you were blowing into a Doritos bag to see if you're too drunk to drive, don't even bother checking. Take, take an Uber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty amazing. It was humorous. It, I think it got something like 20,000 retweets in it's just a, a matter of minutes. It's a novelty. I, 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 I don't know. I could see. You know how, Do you remember when, I'm sure this happened to you, in college, somebody got a breathalyzer and brought it to a party? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you. Everybody has that memory of being at that party where the guy has the breathalyzer and everybody's competing for it and so forth. It seems <laughs> like a fun novelty that'll probably sell some chips, probably sell some alcohol, but I'm not sure that it's um it's gonna like you know disrupt the marketplaces people want to do these days. Yeah, I totally thought it was fake news when yeah. I saw the link. I thought it was I something created by the Onion, but in fact it was not. <laughs> uh, but switching gears again, uh, this is gonna be our last Super Bowl topic to cover. But uh, one of the things that I love about the NFL is the new technology. I think it's I, I think it's a game that is so much more enjoyable to watch on TV yeah. than it is to actually go to the game oh, and, I know. and of course not. I'm not going to pay $4,500 to go to the Super Bowl and sit in the nosebleed to me that's not now worth we it. can fly a drone right over it and see it all for free yeah exactly I'd rather watch the game at home and uh, one of the most important inventions I guess technology wise for football was probably about 15 20 years ago introducing the yellow line for that first down marker yes that, that was a game that, changer. that was a game changer this year uh, in, in conjunction with Intel the Super Bowl they're going to put cameras in the rafters at NRG Stadium that are essentially going to almost give you perspective through the eyes of the player as a certain place happening. I I think that has the potential to be a game changer. I'm not sure it's going to be 
huge during this game in particular, but I like the concept of giving fans a different perspective, something that you have to watch at home. And I think that could potentially help drive ratings. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of fascinating to me to see what is going on with football now. I mean, we've got the pylon camps in college football. All of that here's to a, me is just so Here's a question for you about that article, though. What, do you know, do you remember what a 3D pixel is called? No. A voxel. Interesting. It is interesting, and I think it sounded made up to me, but it's in this article here. But were, uh, did you did you hit on the be the player thing? I was kind of reading. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's. Uh, it seems like a video game, and honestly, I think that it's a smart move to adopt a lot of things that have made video games so popular, especially now with VR headsets. Coming. Absolutely. I, I mean, that could be absolutely fascinating to watch a football game as like a first person perspective. But I do think that it's also it's going to be amusing to me. It's going to get to a point where it alienates kind of your old school fans right. who aren't who didn't play video games who aren't into the multimedia experience, you know. And it's going to be fun listening to them bitch and moan about how it was better in their day when you had you know like two cameras on either side of it, and you know and it was uh, snowing and uphill both ways, you know, to the to the end zone. So I, I anticipate that happening but it's it's going to appeal to millennials and they need to because football's ratings are down absolutely and what uh, do you think's going to happen with the super bowl compared to recent super bowls because oh this year the ratings on the whole have been down do you think that that trend continues with the super bowl i think because it's the patriots i think you're still gonna have a strong fan base in the northeast i think the ratings are going to be down a little bit because it's the falcons i think if it was you know patriots cowboys i think the ratings would be through the roof if it was patriots packers i think the ratings would be through the roof but uh, People aren't excited about the. I mean, they. I don't exciting. think so. I, I, you know, as Taylor Brashadi will ha- will have her interview on in just a few moments. She said that Atlanta is an SEC football town, yeah, not an NFL town. And so I don't know that they have that huge national following. I think they're a team that a lot of people could rally behind. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think the ratings are going to be down a little bit. Uh, and you know, the games on Fox, and we'll see. I mean. Uh, I think the Super Bowl is it's kind of an outlier. Here, here's my prediction for it. I think that the Falcons are going to have a shot to win this. I think they're going to be ahead at halftime, and the whole world is going to tune in to see if they can watch New England lose. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be, and I think you're going to see those numbers, excuse me, uh, kind of uh, move upwards if the Falcons continue to have a chance to win it or pull ahead. And that's, people hate the Patriots. I mean, as much as a small group of people really love the Patriots, a much larger group of people really hate them, myself included. Sports hate. And, uh, and I, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think the ratings might actually be up, and the NFL is going to take it as an encouraging sign. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. But Yeah, uh, yeah we'll see if you're right. Uh, I'm hoping that it comes down to the legs of Matt Bryant, uh, the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons, who also happens to be a former Baylor football standout. Of course, standout. of course, uh, so I knew it. That would be fun for him to get the uh, the winning kick for the Super Bowl. Where'd you but, go to school, Austin? Uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, as mentioned, we have a great interview with uh, Taylor Rashadi. She's terrific. Yeah, she's great. Uh, NFL Network. Be able to. Uh, we sit down with her for about ten minutes, and uh, she's going to give you a great preview of the uh, kind of the big game, but from more of an Atlanta Falcons perspective, and from the perspective of somebody who is you know in love with it, but it has to be professional and right. kind of cover both teams right. and so forth. And she's very open and honest about that. It's very interesting. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was great and she'll also be covering uh, the NFL Combine and the NFL Draft coming up shortly with the NFL Network but if you want to follow our work you can uh, search for it on weeklybrewcast.com also you can search all of our social media channels Weekly Brewcast and uh, new this week we've got something called Curious Cat is that right? It is the stupidest name I can't stand that they make me call it that I adopted it you know I run the at SciFair Sports Twitter account cover stuff in the SciFair area it's got like 12,000 followers it's really fun but I, I signed up my personal account for the Curious Cat and I had the kids in the district or the coaches whoever anonymously ask me questions they ask things like do you like this player or who do you like in this matchup or you know what's your favorite game you ever covered stuff like that helps them get to know me a little better i thought we should do that because we had listeners
listeners. Uh, we love engaging with them, of course, and they do often text us or, or tweet us or whatever. But you can actually ask us questions now through Curious Cat. The link is posted in our Twitter bio at Weekly Brewcast. It's right at the bottom. So you click it, you go, and you ask us a little question there, and we will answer it. It'll post it out on Twitter, and then we'll probably read it on the uh, on the air too if it's uh, if it's interesting enough. And we'd love to hear what your questions for us are. Maybe we do some research for you. Maybe we reveal some personal information. I have so many embarrassing, terrible stories that I can <laughs> tell about myself. So it's uh, it could be a fun opportunity to get to know us a little bit better and what we do. And we'd love to hear from you guys. So go check that out at Weekly Brewcast on Twitter. And as mentioned just a few moments ago, Taylor Rashadi is going to be joining us right now. So we hope that you uh, enjoy this interview. And as always, it's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. You're listening to the Weekly Brew. With the Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots, and the national media descending upon Houston this week for Super Bowl 51, we want to welcome Taylor Bashotti, a reporter for the NFL Network, onto the show as we break down the big game. And uh, Taylor, I appreciate you for taking the time to join us this week. And I have to ask, you're an Atlanta native. Did you grow up as a Falcons fan? And if so, how have you concealed your excitement this past week? I'm extremely excited. I'm excited for the city. Um, it's definitely... They're not my number one team, but I do I do love them. Um, I think it's great for the city. I think that obviously I grew up in Atlanta, and Atlanta is an SEC based driven town. I mean, college football is basically you eat, breathe, sleep, and die that there. It's all SEC: Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia. So to kind of have a team this year that can actually validate itself and take them to the Super Bowl, I think that it will make fans be a little bit more loyal per se. <laughs> Um, I think that the NFL in general has never really given the Falcons enough credit. And so I think that with Matt Ryan probably going to be the MVP this year, possibly win the Super Bowl, I think that it will really validate the Falcons as a team, as like a great NFL franchise. So I think it's exciting. I think it's great. Yeah, and Arthur Blank has done a you know great job. It, it seems like he really cares about that team and the community. And, of course, the Falcons are opening up a new stadium uh, next season. Uh, is there more excitement, I guess, heading into next year as a result of the success this season, especially since, you know, the Falcons have had so many near misses in the past but haven't been able to pull through? Is, is that just changed the perception of the franchise? Oh, absolutely. And I think that Arthur has done a great job. And I think that him bringing in Dan Quinn as the new head coach, I think he's just a stand-up person. I think that his character and his work ethic, his leadership qualities, I think that it's completely changed the franchise in a positive way. And I think that it all starts from the top. So. When you have a great leader, it just kind of trickles down into a great team. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of switching gears here toward the Super Bowl specifically, uh, you know, the NFL has become a quarterback-driven league over the last decade or so. And, you know, whether it's QBR or passer rating, both Matt Ryan and Tom Brady are two of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Uh, you know, Brady is one of the all-time greats. And as you mentioned just a few moments ago, Matt Ryan is likely going to win the MVP this season. Which team has the edge at quarterback in this game? It's hard to go against Tom Brady. He's just been there so many times. I mean, he's got a chance to tie or break his tie with Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana for the most Super Bowls that an NFL quarterback has ever had in its history. So I can't really, I can't really go against Tom Brady and the fact that he's just been there so much before. He's got experience. He's a veteran. There's going to be no jitters. I mean, he can go in there and be calm, cool, and collected. And I feel like that experience, I mean, nothing beats that. But right. That's not, I'm not saying anything negative towards Matt Ryan. <laughs> he is a quarterback that had deserved to be there and has shown that he's fully capable. It's funny, you know, this game will feature the NFL's number one scoring offense, which is obviously Atlanta, versus number one scoring defense, the Patriots. And they say that defenses win Super Bowls, but we'll see. 
ever since Matt Ryan was drafted number three overall by the Falcons in 2008, I feel like he's put up, you know, consistently solid numbers, but he hasn't really broken into that top tier of NFL quarterbacks like, you know, a, a Tom Brady or a Ben Roethlisberger. What did he do this year to, like, elevate his game into that elite MVP category? And how much of that success is like a byproduct of Kyle Shanahan's system? I think it's absolutely a byproduct of Kyle Shanahan's system. And I think that in order to validate yourself, you honestly have to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't, I mean, you could put up amazing numbers all day, but until you have that ring, you just will never be put into one of those top categories. A few moments ago, you mentioned that, you know, kind of um, Atlanta's more of an SEC town. And with with Kyle Shanahan, I kind of see some similarities with, I don't want to say like Lane Kiffin specifically in Alabama, but Lane Kiffin before the national championship game this year uh, was essentially relieved of his duties, uh, you know, as he accepted the head coaching job at FAU. Do you see any concern with the Falcons and Kyle Shanahan kind of being courted by the 49ers? Is, is that a distraction or is it, you know, not so much of an issue in the NFL as compared to the college game? I don't think it's as much of an issue in the NFL as compared to a college game. I mean, I think that his primary focus right now is definitely on the game. Um, he's been preparing for it all year. This is his team. I mean, he knows he knows it inside and out. I think that going in and taking a meeting is, I mean, I think everybody knows that he's going to take that job. So I don't think it's an issue at all. Yeah, totally fair. And, you know, we we all we know the storylines surrounding the Atlanta offense, you know, just all the weapons that they have. But I I feel like the defense has also put up solid numbers this year, led by Vic Beasley, who's, you know, one of the NFL leaders in sacks. Is that defensive unit being overlooked a little bit heading into this game? Maybe a little bit, but I think that, I mean, their, their rock is definitely the offense. I mean, look at Julio Jones, look at Matt Ryan. The numbers that they put up are just unbelievable. And they also have such a solid running game that I mean it's definitely the it's definitely the foundation of their team and kind of switching gears here to New England uh, you tweeted something out late last week that was kind of eye-opening to me and it was that the Patriots have as many Super Bowl appearances which is nine as the Falcons have playoff wins and to me that number is remarkable and a large part of that success comes from Tom Brady uh, who's going to be making his seventh appearance Uh, what is it about that franchise just year in and year out for the last you know almost two decades that they've been so successful I mean they're a dynasty it's the Brady Belichick team that you could honestly, I don't, I don't think you could mess with it. They're so solid. They're so good. As you saw in the beginning of the year, you could stick different quarterbacks in there into Bill Belichick's system, and they still, they still won. I mean, you could stick Jacoby Brissett. You could stick um, Garoppolo in, and they came out winning. Belichick just has a system that's truly remarkable. And obviously, Brady has the skills to back it up. As Texans fans, we kind of noticed the uh, that it's not just Tom Brady that you know keeps that train rolling. As the Texans were shut out earlier this year by Jacoby Brissett, but one of the things that just fascinates me so much about that team is you have you know kind of unsung heroes like uh, Chris Hogan, a former lacrosse player. Uh, you've got like guys like Danny Amendola and Wes Welker in the past who uh, you know are just undervalued receivers in the eyes of the NFL. But for some reason. But- when you put them on another team, do they do as well? No, that's a thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what is it about Brady and Belichick that they can develop those undervalued players in that system and they can become stars? If I knew, I think I would be the new next Bill Belichick. I mean, he's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, I feel like he just studies the game in and out, in and out every week, and he constantly finds a way and a rule that coaches don't know about that he all of a sudden brings into the game, and you're like, wow, how did that just happen? Um, I wish there were more Bill Belichick's out there. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, he's definitely an interesting character and uh, definitely a Hall of Fame caliber coach. But one of the other things that fascinates me is, you know, Belichick can let a guy go like Jamie Collins, who he traded to the Cleveland Browns earlier this year, one of the best linebackers in the game, just got paid with a heavy, uh, you know, a healthy contract uh, extension this past week. How can he get away with, you know, uh, getting rid of one of his best and most talented defensive players, but still have a, uh, a defense capable of producing, you know, the number one scoring defense in the league? I have no answer on that one. Um, I just think he's just got a system there. And he's so strong in other areas that when you take out one of the key players, it really is just honestly X's and Y's. And all he's doing is just plugging somebody else in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is one of the uh, the highest point totals uh, projected by the Vegas odds makers uh, for the Super Bowl. When you're looking at this game, uh, it looks to be a great matchup. But what is the X factor for you heading into Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, as a Falcons fan, because I kind of want the Falcons to win. My only thought is how can you stop Tom Brady? I think Tom Brady, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can get that fifth Super Bowl ring. But I think a, a lot of people, at least that I have spoken with, uh, seem to be cheering for Matt Ryan and uh, the Falcons organization to pull out this win. But... Definitely be like a Cinderella story if they won, just because nobody gave them any credit in the beginning of the season. You rarely heard their name brought up. My God, even when they made it to the playoffs, how often were you hearing about how great the Falcons were? Oh, exactly. exactly. I mean, they were hardly talked about. And so it's kind of neat to have a team that just, goes in there flying under the radar and comes out and is in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's it's definitely a remarkable story, and I know locally a lot a lot of the things that we heard about were uh, you know the Cowboys and uh, whether or not they were going to make it to Houston. But I, I think a lot of people definitely did undervalue the Falcons, so it's great to see them uh, in the big game. So I know you're a Falcons fan. You're going to be down here in Houston for the big game and uh, a lot of activities surrounding. Uh, for our listeners that might want to follow kind of your journey here in Houston on social media on Twitter, what is the best way for them to reach you? Well, I love me some Twitter. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> terrible at social media, but I have I have used it more this year than ever. So you could definitely follow me on Twitter at Taylor Bishotti. Super hard, I know. Um, and then I'm also on Snapchat as Taylor Bishotti. So I will be snapping my way through Super Bowl activities. We will definitely include links to that on our website. But uh, Taylor, I, I know you're a Falcons fan. Uh, can you give me a final prediction for the game? Let's just say any outcome. With the Falcons winning, I'm good with. <laughs> <laughs> we just hope it's a good game. And uh, Taylor, we definitely appreciate you taking the time and joining us this week on the Weekly Brew Podcast. And uh, enjoy our city. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Um, I enjoyed talking to you. You're listening to the Weekly Brew. We just had a great interview with uh, Taylor Bashani from the NFL Network, and uh, she provided a unique perspective. You know, she's from uh, the Atlanta area, and she also went to school at Georgia, now working with the NFL Network. But uh, she's actually going to be down here in Houston uh, for, you know, all the activities going on. And uh, I thought she was a great interview. Well, she kind of set the bar for guests because what you didn't hear, what was off the air, was how much she said that she uh, she listened to old episodes. She listened to like three or four episodes back and complimented us specifically on what she listened to, which is like, I'm not sure we've ever actually had a guest do that, if we're being totally truthful. You know, we appreciate them coming on, but I don't think they go back and study it. And then she, she came up with ideas for next time. She's already fired up about coming I, on. I, we I, love I, her. I think that shows you how good she is at her job. Listen, you don't get to be in that position that she's in, being as young as she is, and and not be talented, engaging, and very enthusiastic and passionate. She's all and, and she she prepares. I don't know. I, she prepares so much. I kind of feel bad about the lack of preparation that we do. Yeah, speak for yourself, dude. I've been working on this for <laughs> all week. 
I'm not sure about that. No, but I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> sure it's not open my computer like 10 minutes ago and you know it. But Yeah, but uh, thanks to Taylor for joining us. And again, you can follow her on Twitter at Taylor Bashadi. And we'll, we'll get her back soon. She's yeah, good. Yeah, we'll include a link uh, to her social media profile on our website. But uh, Kevin, I'm not sure if you heard the story earlier this week, but uh, Jim Harbaugh, he's an interesting character to say the least. And he's done, I think he's paid what, like 10 million a year by Michigan athletics. But yeah. I go back and forth on him, whether I like him and think he's quirky or I just hate his antics. He, I'm, I'm he always, does have antics. I know it's hot and cold for me, but I don't know if you saw him this past week, but Michigan athletics actually announced that he's going to be taking the football team to Rome this spring. And you it, say, you say you didn't know if I'd seen it, you put it in the rundown. I will admit I didn't look at the rundown, man. I know it was there. Got, I didn't click on see, it. I told Explain you that you don't prepare me. that much. I, know. <laughs> I usually do. Yeah. So it's basically going to be a, uh, I guess a week long trip. They're going to, they're going to work in a few different practices and uh, kind of explore the city, I guess, having a cultural experience. Hmm. Now I know that you work with a lot of high school athletes in the town and you know, some of them are looking to go to U of H, Texas, Baylor, Texas A&M, and I think some of the you know high four and five star players are getting recruited by out of state programs like say Ohio State, Notre Dame, I guess, Notre uh, Dame, yeah. uh, Michigan. Do trips like this, going abroad, having that opportunity to see a new, a new country, does that? give a team an edge in recruiting i don't really think so no i think that you know the players that are absolutely the best are usually have their eyes on a professional career ahead of them and what they care about um is you know they've got people around them, hopefully that are smart and aren't damaging them but they care about is this guy going to get me to the nfl is he going to prepare me to compete at the highest level and is this a good place for me to win and win big so that i can catch the eye of nfl scouts and coaches so i don't think that a trip to rome i don't think a trip to the moon would make a difference honestly if you can't go out there and prove now he's got a very competitive program so it doesn't hurt I mean, there's I mean, no it's top five, top ten. Exactly. Program. So that that's what makes the difference. I don't. There's no real glitz or glamour to the absolute top tier guys. So you're and, saying, so you're saying, if it was like a Florida Atlantic, it wouldn't make a difference. But the fact that it is Michigan, a top five, top ten program, that maybe gives them an edge over, uh, you know, an Ohio State, Notre Dame type program. I just, I don't even think it factors into like a field trip is not going to change the mind of one of the top athletes who is looking at playing for millions of dollars later in his life, supporting his family for all of their lives by playing football, a trip to Rome, you know. So, gonna- so, so what about basketball? Because I know in basketball when, uh, you know, a lot of these high-profile teams, they go to like Maui Invitational. They go to, you know, the Battle for the Atlantis and the Bahamas. I know recruits actually do care about that, and I know that's actually a recruiting pitch. Right by college coaches. Why is it different in college football in comparison to college basketball? I don't know if it's, again, I think the very top most guys are not swayed by that kind of stuff, or I hope not. Maybe maybe I'm speaking a little bit, because I know some very mature guys, particularly Cypher ISD, you know, like Austin Deculus, uh, going to LSU, you know, he's one of the best. These guys just yeah, really... He was, he was a lot of fun to watch play. He in was. the season opener against Woodlands this year. And he, he just, he's so focused on his goals that that sort of thing... Now, if you're talking about a kid who is, you know, maybe like a second-tier kind of talent, a contributor, a role player, uh, maybe even a guy that could start for you and be like your fourth or fifth option, then yeah, something like that might be appealing i suppose uh it's kind of a high class sort of environment and ability to do something new and fun and that could make a difference for him but but listen the biggest thing is can you help them win but in the long run it is cool to point at this and say hey we do stuff like this because we're a program that is winning that has a lot of money because they're winning and you know we're able to do things that other teams don't so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt but i don't think it's going to change the minds of the guys you want the absolute most yeah i think that's probably a fair point and uh you know heading on to our next topic i don't really want to talk politics uh, you know, especially everything that's gone on this past week with the Trump administration. I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. But there is one thing that I actually do think they did well. And that's adding Skype seats 
to White House press briefings. Uh, and if you might, if you're not aware, uh, there's a limited number of seats within the, the briefing room at the White House. And uh, the Trump we've all seen the West Wing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Trump administration is adding, you know, kind of embracing technology, adding Skype seats. So, for example, you're not allowed right now to ask questions to the president, to the press secretary, unless you are in that room. And right. so, smaller papers throughout the country. Uh, you know, news stations that can't afford to send, you know, to have correspondence in D.C. on a, you know, 24-7 basis, they, they, they don't have that access. But now Skype is almost giving them that access. So you can have somebody from the Houston Chronicle now ask questions. Is, is that a, kind of a cool move to, I, 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 know, I, I, don't, I don't want to take politics into it, but just to be able to give that access to smaller papers that might not be within the D.C. area. Well, and, and let me let me rein a little politics into it for you. Sean Spicer there. Uh, maybe we solicit talk radio is the first thing he says. And he mentions regional newspapers, which include news, newspapers like the Chronicle. What it is is an opportunity to get their guys in there. The fact that he says talk radio right off the top makes me think hyper conservative, you know, like Alex Jones, Infowars, like nonsense kind of stuff. The kind of people that Trump wants pitching questions to That's his fair. press secretary. That's fair, know? but I, you know, not not putting politics in there. I don't want him to have any control over the media, and that he's exerting so much control over the media. And I work for the dang media. It is it's kind okay. of scary. All right, but I, I like I told you, I don't care about the media perspective, but just opening up those seats, I think it is a positive step. Listen, there are a lot of things that would be cool in another administration's hands, I think, and I agree. I mean, the, the idea of it, just on the surface, is a great idea. And that's all I asked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I told you I don't want to get into politics. Let me, just let me say, let me point out how it's going to go, and, and that's how it's going to be. It's going to be a disaster, I think. I don't know about that. I, I, I think this actually has potential to be a good thing, but, you know, switching gears from politics to other media mm. organizations... Uh, did you see this like kerfuffle? I guess between Fox and ESPN this past week. It's a terrible look. It's like what is going on between those two networks? I mean, we see ratings right now suffering for ESPN. They've, they're losing what half a million subscribers yeah. a month, it seems. And Fox Sports, they're entering what year three, and they still don't know their foothold. You know, they do well with like live programs. Uh, you know, they did well with the uh, the World Series, and obviously they've got the World Cup coming up here soon. But the rest of their programming is just not there they're not really competing with espn but espn put out a press release this week essentially knocking the network like what's the point in that well yeah it's uh, is it a release is it an article i get hard to tell here but it, it's on their media site the title of it is fox v espn that's on an espn site referring to themselves in such a way anatomy of a moving target's terrible and then the second graph starts since fs1's creation its executives have naturally targeted espn like it's just it's one of the most douchey things yeah, i've ever laid yeah. eyes on it's a terrible look it is the sign of uh, of a program a program an organization in decline uh, it's max of desperation and I, I, I think that almost gives credibility to fox like because i think when you give recognition to your opponent like that when you're smashing them in the ratings that's not good and they have like four targets listed yeah. and the fourth one was it was time to double down with skip bayless departure to fs1 and a super bowl size promo campaign behind it uh they say that their show first take is now still ahead in the ratings against undisputed so they're bashing a former employee kind of funny, like I, I don't i don't get this but it's interesting the undisputed is uh is not the undisputed front runner there but but i mean fighting over skip bayless good god these are these are dinosaurs these are that's why everybody's listening to podcasts or beginning to it's just much more individualized much more specific to what you are looking for all of that rhetoric and nonsense this general it's like professional wrestling the way they're going at each other in public you know like coming out and making a promo it's it's uh, i don't know it's stupid and i hate it 
for ESPN, which used to be a very proud organization and has fallen quite some ways, at least in terms of prestige, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of fair. But it was interesting uh, on a similar topic. Uh, the Big Lead, uh, which is affiliated with USA Today Sports, uh, they released their uh, 30 most powerful talents in sports media last week. And I was kind of surprised. I thought that... Uh, that I would some, be on there. I know. Yeah, I thought you would be on there, and like I don't know. I don't think you would have been like top five, top ten. I think yet. I'm like thirty five or something. I, I, you, you were on the, you know, did not make the list, right? But <laughs> also received votes. Yeah, <laughs> that that works too. But <laughs> but there were some names on there that to me were kind of surprising, like Paul Feinbaum, one of the most powerful people in sports. I just don't know that that's true. Uh, you've got guys like uh, well, and they say most powerful talents too, and that's that's a bit of interesting verbiage there. And I, well, how do you what do you make of that uh, clarification or distinction? I I don't I don't think you can say talent necessarily. I think you have to have the most powerful person in terms of influence that they are actually creating. I think it's like time uh, the most most influential. What is it called? Times Person of the Year. Yeah, yeah like John Gruden is listed on here at number nine. You know. Yeah, he does a good job as a color analyst for Monday Night Football. That I wouldn't call him one of the most powerful people in sports no. media. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I'm surprised that anybody would. Honestly, I don't. I don't think John Gruden's family would say that. Yeah, uh, Joe Buck checks in at number six. I, I, fair. I'm guessing you think that's a totally uh, fair thing. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, checks, I mean, that's legit. checks in at number four. Yeah. I was kind of surprised because I think whenever you see on Twitter that a Woj bomb is kind of dropped, I, I think he's very influential in terms of you know, the basketball scene at least. But here's where I have some issues. Yeah. The top three. Yeah. Yeah. Let's the get top it. three. Stephen A. Smith at number one, Colin uh. Cowherd at number two, and Skip Bayless at number three. Come on, give me a break. Listen, I just it seems to me, and I'm kind of reading the tea leaves, reading between the lines here, that just it's designed to generate controversy because the people up there are the most polarizing people. They're people that I all personally I mean not personally detest. I don't know them. They could be fine men. I don't enjoy watching them or hearing their opinions though. It's it's just banter. I don't like you know these debate shows. I, I don't think there's any value in hearing people argue about LeBron James whether or not he's overrated. Like I think that's, there's that's value a, in that's arguing. That's a dumb take. But if you generate that argument, if it is if it is uh, disingenuous, I think it reads very clearly to a lot of people, and yet at the same time, somehow does not to others. Other people just seem to gravitate towards it, and I, I find it uh, empty and valueless. Yeah, I, I don't watch those kind of shows. Yeah. I, I just don't find them useful in my opinion i'd rather read you know long form journalism yeah. i'd rather follow certain writers on twitter but uh, one of the guys that's actually really active on twitter and i'm not really a fan of him he's the uh, espn sports business reporter darren Ravel. but we're just crapping on people all over today. yeah so <laughs> he, he actually had some dumb career advice that he was posting on yeah. friday that was kind of <laughs> going viral a little bit essentially telling people that they need to work for free right. which i i, I think ridiculous but he did have an interesting uh tweet earlier this week he actually broke news that the uh, the boston celtics were announcing a comprehensive deal with ge it will include putting its logo on jersey starting next season and uh, the kings and 76ers also struck deals as well but we see a lot of advertising taking place and we see the value of like naming stadiums uh, mm-hmm. having corporate sponsors like practice jerseys that sort of thing but we've never actually seen logos on jerseys within the big four sports here in the united states I mean, we see it with the wnba we see it with soccer teams all over the place in europe but the boston celtics that's a very very classic nba jersey and flagship year, yeah and they're gonna have a ge logo yep. next year now interestingly enough i believe ge is paying something like 15 million for this deal which is coming in it's it's 15 million for this per deal. year yeah okay or maybe over the course of the deal maybe it's like a five-year deal I, I don't have these specific numbers in front of me but you're not going to have the ge logo on sale like on nba.com it's only going to be available it's only it's only the team that's going to wear that right. and i guess the team does hold 
the rights to sell that within the stadium. But right. I don't know if it's a good deal for the companies to be able to have that on there. But my question for you is the Rockets, they, they don't have a sponsor right now when it comes to, you know, names on a jersey or anything like that. But if there was one organization or one company, who would make the most sense for the Rockets? It's uh, seven million dollars is what the the article from okay. New York per year ends up saying. Uh, it just says it's just a seven million dollar deal with the hometown team, um, and it says starting in 2017-18. So I don't think there's any information about how long. Uh, oh, three year pilot program. There you go. Uh, so we'll say three years, seven million dollars. That, that actually strikes me as fairly reasonable for the amount of coverage and. I mean, it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and especially since it's Boston. So I don't I don't know that I hate that. I also don't know that GE needs to like what do they gain from that, I guess? Just the love of people. Well they have the association with the NBA now. Yeah. So that's that's big to have that sponsorship. Sure. And I, I think the Celtics are an up and coming franchise, uh, you know, with a great head coach, a lot of young talent. So I think that, you know, makes sense to put a, a good, well-known international brand with an up-and-coming brand within the NFL or NFL, NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to the Rockets question. If, if you're putting a logo on the Rockets jersey, who do you go after? Well, it's Houston. Besides, besides us. Us? Yeah, besides, you know, putting a Weekly Brew logo on the Rockets. Boy, we are not at that level yet. We cannot afford that. <laughs> I would, I would, it would be a poor investment of our meager resources. But, um, you know, I, I like, first of all, Anna Darko. That's just a, that's just a cool, fun name to say, you know. And uh, I, we're talking about competitors' years here at this point, right? We start getting oil and gas type stuff. So you know, I, you work for BP, of course. I'm not, I'm not advocating for or against them there. But if you look at the Fortune 500 companies here, there's a lot. Oh my God, Phillips 66, Conoco Phillips. Uh, you got uh, Baker Hughes, National Oil, Fargo. You've like, got Exxon. You've got BP. All of these companies exactly. here. And then uh, here's what I like though: Academy Sports and Outdoors. That could be interesting. Yeah, I it's... don't know if they could afford that because they're <laughs> they're, they're they're mostly like a regional. Area, that is right? that is uh, I mean I to the ex- I think that is true I think it's a pretty large region but but I, I, that makes sense to me you know academy they sell sporting goods it's a sporting event they are not as um as big and corporate and evil seeming to me as like a big oil uh, company so I, I like that choice for sure what about something like MD Anderson yeah, that's great. I mean, and they do a lot of that type of stuff, supporting around the city and things like that. So, and and the city is known for its medicine, for sure. I mean, people that have cancer come here to get it cured and treated. So that that would be an interesting look as well. I would love to see something other than oil and gas represented. Here's where I would go. Yeah, the Rockets they have had a long history of success in China. Yeah, right. With Yao Ming coming in, uh, they drafted a uh, a Chinese standout who I, I don't think he's I don't know if he's in the D League right now or if he's on his way over, but uh, they've had a lot of success in China with jersey sales, with getting that brand out there. I would maybe look at somebody like an Alibaba, you know? Al- yeah, that was, that's interesting that you say that there. Yeah, I mean, Alibaba, Chinese company, it's it's sort of a competitor to Amazon. I think it's a little bit bigger of a company, but they just went public about a year, year and a half ago. I think that would make sense to have a Chinese company kind of sponsor the Rockets. Is that is that a different take or no? Because if you go to the games and when we do frequently, um, you know, you notice on the uh, the goalposts and kind of on the sides of some things where you can sort of see it from the TV camera. There, there is Chinese. There are Chinese characters and Chinese right. writing because uh, I mean, as far as I know, this is still true. More people watch the Rockets every and game in China than in America. That's insane. It is and it isn't because, you know, the Alameda crossover, there's just so many people in China and that if the, the government chooses to make that available, it's a huge pool of people there. So I get it. So I would not uh, mind seeing that at all. If it benefits 
the is it good for the Rockets? Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's just an different. ongoing joke. I guess it's gonna it's gonna stick with us for a while. It, it came up there, and it, I felt like it was pretty organic. But uh, no, it would not bother me in the slightest. There are certainly people that would bother. I think who would say like this is, this is our sport, and our American sport, and you. I don't care. Uh, if you can get some extra money for the team, if they're able to do things with that, like uh, better training facilities or better uh, training staffs, you know, things to improve and help the players, then, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think it would make a lot of sense because I think each summer you see players like LeBron James mm-hmm. going over to China. You see Kobe Bryant going over there, uh, you know, unveiling a new shoe it's or something money like is, that. money baby. They're growing the game in China. The NBA has made that clear. Yep. I think it could almost help you, you know, maybe sign a free agent contract. Say, look, we've got this great partnership with this company based in China. Maybe there's a fit for you there. So no, I, I would love to have any kind of good relationship with China. Anything we could point to is say, hey, at least we get along on that. Right. So if we could both agree on Rockets basketball, that's a step in the right direction. That's diplomacy to a point, and I'm all for it. Yeah, and uh, kind of moving on to our last headline of the week, Brett Musburger, who is uh, one of my favorite sportscasters, big game Brett, if you will, uh, he's retiring from uh, sports casting at the age of 77. And uh, do you know what he's doing in retirement? He looks good for 77. He does. I think he's up there with Joe Buck. Does he make your top 10? He's not up there with <laughs> Joe Buck. He is not anywhere remotely in the same category as Joe Buck. But, but for a 77-year-old guy, I mean, not bad at all. He's got such an iconic voice, yeah. too. I mean, Which uh, Kevin Nealon butchered in that, that clip we were just watching from Saturday Night from Live. From Saturday Night Live in, in the 80s, yeah. But uh, Musburger is retiring, and he's, quote, planning to move to Las Vegas to help his family start a sports handicapping business. Why wouldn't you, you know? I mean, he's always made lines, you know, uh, before, I guess, probably about the last year or two, we've noticed that ESPN, other organizations, like, flat-out mention gambling lines and games now. Of course. But before, it was kind of like a faux pas. And Musburger would always make comments like, well, these last... Last like five minutes of the game might not seem interesting except for hand pulled people in like Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> you know, that tour, that as t- though the only people betting are yeah, in Vegas. He's, he's like, that touchdown is going to make a lot of people not happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like things like that. And uh, he would always have this like phrase, you're looking live, which is almost a signal to gamblers in Vegas. So I think it's just fitting that he's retiring and moving to Vegas to, to go into sports handicapping. I mean, he's a guy to me that seems like you could tell that he maybe had money on the line when his <laughs> voice would change. I don't know. He was, he was such an iconic voice. That's quite an accusation. Yeah. He's such an iconic voice. Uh, spent time, uh, you know, covering the NFL with CBS Sports. I believe he actually started in radio with them in six years. He was, uh, you know, doing national television. But after he left the NFL, he was really big into bringing studio shows into it and, yeah. and obviously made his name here recently with uh, ABC Sports and ESPN doing college football and uh, college basketball games. But he's retiring it seems to me kind of disappointing because we lose so many of these great voices in the past. I mean, we have Bill Brown, who is more of a local figure retiring. Right. We've got Vince Scully, uh, LA Dodgers, iconic voice retiring. Uh, Keith Jackson, his last game that he called was in 2006 with the uh, Texas USC national championship game. And now Musburger, it seems like we're losing that generation of iconic voices. Well, and I think just judging from the article, and this is uh, college basketball dot ap.org so make it that what you will but but musburger said um that sports casting today has become more and more numbers driven which is true I and mean, we've done a little bit of it ourselves and it's very important to have those at your hand and be able to use advanced statistics as he refers to them he says that's fine i was never going to change because i'm a people guy i like pulling up a chair in a saloon with a cold beer and telling stories so you know we talk about helping out with sports handicapping it's it's not like there's no math involved in that it's not like handicapping is about you know networking and people skills it is of course but but it's a lot about numbers so I wonder what his qualifications are beyond um, being very open to and open about gambling. 
you know, it should be interesting to see what he does. I'm rooting for career. him, though. Yeah, absolutely rooting for him. Great guy. Uh, it's it's going to be different not hearing his voice in the fall during college football season, that's for sure. But uh, when it comes to voices, we are the voice of Houston. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we hear from you, our audience. And, uh, Kevin, we actually heard from a, uh, a listener this week, uh, I guess an iTunes review. Is that right? Yeah, so we had that Curious Cat. Again, I hate that name. But you can, you can ask us questions, pose us questions, whether it's about the history of the show, what we're looking into sports-wise, anything you want. But but the best way to um, to please us, if you want to please, that sounds weird, but you know, the best way to uh, interact with us from our perspective is go leave us a review on iTunes because we got a bunch. You look at other podcasts, they got five reviews, 10 reviews. You got 64 reviews. And uh, the latest one here, very much appreciate it, uh, from a lovely young woman named Erin. Erin um, Liz Whip is the name of the account. And uh, she says, I love these guys. Their witty banner combined with extensive knowledge of sports. Provides That's a compliment. Free. That's a compliment. Absolutely. It's a terrific. I'm going to read it again. I want and you guys it's a to fact. It's not an alt fact, but it's a fact. To it. Listen to it very closely. I love these guys. Their witty banter, yes, combined with extensive knowledge of sports, provides for a great listen. I don't have a lot of friends who share my love of football, so it's nice to kick back and gush over my favorite sport with people who share my interests. Keep it up! Exclamation mark. You know what, Aaron? You keep it up. Get another iTunes review and uh, account and leave us a review. We'd love more reviews. But that's it's great work. Aaron is our favorite listener of the week. You can be our favorite listener of the week and become famous uh, by being shouted out on this podcast. If you just go click uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes and leave us a five-star review with a little blurb, we'll give you the shout-out. Yeah, we want to make sure that you do that. And also, we want to make sure that you follow our work on social media as well. Just search yeah. Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, and I guess Curious Cat now. Uh, well, it's not like its own little thing there. The, the Curious Cat link is at the bottom of our Twitter bio. Oh, yeah, so so make, sure to, make sure to check it out. And also, yeah. you can uh, search for us on Instagram as well. Yep. Uh, and, and of course, we want you to go to our website, weeklybrewcast.com. We post everything uh, there uh, from the show. And I think uh, we're going to start a few new, I guess, articles, if you will, on weeklybrewcast.com to try to give you more content uh, throughout the week for our listeners. But uh, it's been a lot of fun this week, Kevin, just going one-on-one. And uh, Kara, we hope you are feeling better. Jeremy, we look forward to having you back soon, as well as Hunter. Uh, but uh, you know, thanks again to Taylor Bashani from the NFL Network for joining us this week. And make sure to follow her on Twitter as well. She's going to provide great insight to uh, her experiences here in Houston during Super Bowl week. And uh, it's been fun. It has been fun. And I would encourage a call to actions, what they call these things at the end a lot of times. If you enjoy the show, if you're a listener, we put out those Facebook posts and they're very easy. You click share, you share it on your own profile and other people get to see it there. That's a great way to spread the word about the show. And we would love to have you do that. And uh, we appreciate everyone who has done that over the past couple of weeks. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Make sure to share our content and, yeah. uh, you know, leave questions. Word of mouth. It's all about that. Yeah, in this business. It, we want to have these relationships. And I think that's developed through social media now. It's just the way our society works. But uh, Kevin, it's been a lot of fun this week. And uh, I'll have my co-host Kevin Cook. My name's Austin Statton. Have a fun Super Bowl week. And guys, remember this week, no matter who you are, where you go, or what you do, bet the over on the Super Bowl. You've been listening to The Weekly Brew. 